Hello and welcome to season two of Crazy Pastors. I'm your host, Christopher Cass. And I'm your other host, Ronnie Marriott. And this is Crazy Pastors. Today's episode is entitled, Working Together. <laughs> you just can't say that normal, can you? I can't, can you? I can't. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Should we bring in the Dolly Parton reference at this point? Dolly Parton, 9 to 5, yes. Great movie, great song. Hey, really excited today. Based on a true story. What? Yeah. Was it really? Um, I did not People work 9 to 5, that's true. Oh, okay. Well, so excited <laughs> to get to do this with you today in the midst of everything else is going on. We... It's a lighthearted episode, but I do want to talk yeah. about really two things. If we could just dialogue a little bit on why we're doing this podcast yeah. as we're resetting season two, and I know that we're you know putting together, we're getting so much feedback from the nation yes. about what things we should be talking about. And, Is that the uh, Crazy Pastor Nation or just the, the, the nation? No, the entirety? nation at yeah, large. The whole nation. It's incredible. The USA Nation. Yes, Insta okay. is blowing up. It's amazing. <laughs> If you haven't seen my TikTok videos, please check them out. Yes. But why are we doing the podcast? And the other that uh, I've been having some conversations with uh, some other executive pastors, and we've been talking about the, just the working relationship between the senior pastor and the executive pastor. Yeah. And I thought we might just talk a little bit about that today. Oh, okay. It's the main focus. But let's start off with why are we doing this thing, Ronnie? Well, that's a great question. That we have to you, often ask ourselves. <laughs> at night, you ask yourself, why in the world are we doing answer, this? Yeah. You know what I could be doing right now? No. Yeah, it's, it's just part of that whole idea of, hey, we know a few things. We've seen a few things. We've been down a few roads that hopefully can help people as they navigate their own road they're on, maybe save them some difficulties. These are things you can't get from a seminary. Right. These are. <laughs> yeah, because most seminary professors are way too smart to talk about yeah, these things that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. We're, yeah. This is just real life experience. We don't get super deep into theology and why things happen. It's just the reality of where we are. And, you know, honestly, COVID kind of was a, I think, a motivator to get this out there to say, hey, these are really crazy times, unprecedented times. But what do we know from past experiences that can help us and help others? maybe navigate these crazy waters that we're in and forever, how long we're going to be in them. Yeah, and hopefully there's a few things we talk about that are both practical but entertaining. Yeah, I hope well, that pastors oh, uh, or people listening to this can relate to our craziness a little bit yeah. because it is crazy pastors. So yeah. first and foremost, we admit, well, I admit on your behalf Thank that you. you are a little crazy. Thank you. And in order to be a pastor, you have to be a little bit off. It's a, it's a very, very difficult job to have. A, a beautiful and amazing job <laughs> as well, but it's a difficult job. He's digging out of a hole or something. I don't know. This well, uh, hand me a shovel. Yes, but the other thing about the podcast I want to make sure we mention, you alluded to, is that we are not attempting to be a scholarly podcast. There are some Which is surprising to many people. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> many, I know many what? of you who tuned in initially in order to get that. Yes, but take no, out your pen and paper now. There are so many others. Uh, you know, we can reference a few of them quickly. Uh, you've got uh, uh, 10 Marks that, no, I'm sorry, yeah. 9 Marks <laughs> with Mark Dever. And we went uh, up them. You got Bible talk. You got pastor talk. You've got yeah. uh, after class is a seminary podcast that's really good. Yes. Yeah. You've Theology got the in one. the raw. If you want to theology that kind of in the stuff. raw. Yeah, so. I've started listening to that. Thank you. Yeah. So. so there's some really good ones out there. That's not this, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Make no mistake. So in an upcoming podcast, Ronnie and I are going to spend some time talking about women in ministry. Yeah. And so we're not inviting Piper and Grudem to be on the podcast <laughs> to go into a deep dive on it. We're going to yes. talk about our practical experience 
with women in ministry and how we feel about that. But in full disclosure, we reached out to them and they declined. Well, they did. They did. They, well, it was they Steve, asked, Steve Piper and Tony Grudem, but no relation to the other guys. Yes, they asked. Uh, and they what, said no as well. What podcast? <laughs> But we, at some level, maybe surface on some of the conversation that we have, but that's really by intent, and also yeah. it's predicated on my brain cells. Yeah, uh, you can get only... all that stuff on other podcasts. We're talking about the real-life practicality of what we're going through. Yeah, so please excuse us if you are a seminary professor, much learned in, much more learned in some yeah. of these things than we are, <laughs> and we really trounce on your topic yeah. that you've written, you know, three books on. So. But you do you, baby. You be, (laughs) as my son has taught me to say, you be you, baby. You be you, baby. That's awesome. All right. Well, I host this thing called an executive pastor gathering. Mm -hmm. And so about every six to eight weeks or so, there's a small group of executive pastors in our area, and we get together, have a cup of coffee, talk best practices, just talk about life in general, and how can we help each other and support each other in our ministries. And one of the things that came up in this last one that I thought was very interesting is the senior pastor, executive pastor relationship. Yes. Now, we've been doing this for a while. You've been a senior pastor how many years now? 23. 23 years. Yeah. I have been doing executive pastor work less than that. I'll just leave it at that, (laughs) being much younger than Ronnie is. But if your experience is similar to mine, Ronnie, and you've lived it as a senior pastor, but you also have colleagues that have executive pastors. Yes. There's so many different ways that this thing rolls out. And one of the most common ways that I see it rolled out is that the senior pastor and the executive pastor are colleagues, and really that's about it. Yeah, It's a very yeah. workman's-like relationship. Yes. I mean, is that is that fair to say? I think so, kind of hi- hierarchical, hierarchical, hierarchical. How do you say that word? The There's a hierarchy, from, yeah. typically, that's not always seen as working together, but we're here to change all that. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a big statement. We're here to change it all. I remember, matter of fact, I want to say it was Tom Lane and Robert Morris mm. at Gateway. Gateway. was the first time they, they were, this is, this is a long time ago. Yeah. They were hosting a conference at their church for senior leaders and they were up on stage talking and they were talking about the split of the senior pastor role. Yeah. It's the first time I ever heard it talked about in this fashion that in a larger church, that the roles and responsibilities of a senior pastor are so consuming, so all-encompassing, that the larger the church is, the more impossible it is for all of that to stay within the sphere of the senior pastor. Yes. And so that there needed to be a split of that role into the executive pastor and the senior pastor. Yeah. And I think intellectually, I think most people listening kind of get that. You know, you have a CEO, and you have a COO, and you have a CFO, and yeah. a CIO. So you have the C-suite. The larger the company, the more people you have in that. On the church side, though, things really seem to still stagnate with you have a senior leader, and they are fully responsible for absolutely everything yeah. all the time. Yeah, yes. And I think that's kind of the breakdown. What I'm trying to say is what Tom Lane and Robert Morris were talking about. The split intellectually makes sense, yeah. yet I don't really see that in application very often. Yeah. That- yeah, you know, the old school model, you had a senior pastor. The next level typically was an education pastor, education minister. And then, there, I mean, XPs haven't been around that long. No. As far as a, a title. 15, and, and 17 a years. Yeah. And so a lot of that, it was interesting to watch the transition from an uh, from an education pastor into an ex- executive pastor, which didn't work very well for most. Not many made that jump into that new position. 
because they're wired differently and it's a different scope and it's a different job description and takes different skills. But over the years, we've kind of seen that need. And I think that's also been a freeing up. Even back in my training experiences, it was that same model. The pastor did all that stuff. You did all the executive administrative stuff. You were, and then preaching. And then as you move to larger churches, that's what wore people out. You know, that's right. why they were burning out at a high rapid rate. And even still today, because this idea that I have to be, as a senior pastor, I have to be everything, that's just, that's unrealistic. It's not fair and it's debilitating. So being able to release that, because some like a Bill Hybels, he's a great CEO. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd be a great CEO in a business. But if that's where your strengths lie, then who can you bring alongside you to strong where you're weak? So maybe teaching or you know, whatever it would be. So that dual role, which it doesn't have to fit. One's a preacher, one's an executive. But understanding you can't be everything. You don't need to be everything. It's not healthy to try to be everything. Right. So, you know, like in the lead well training that we've done for a long time, one of the things that illustrations we talk about is the difference between being a dentist that has a whole bunch of people that are there to help you be the most efficient dentist possible, right? So you've got a whole staff helping you be efficient versus someone who owns a dentist who owns a dentist clinic with five or six other dentists that work for him or her. And now there's a multiplication of efforts. And so I, I don't know if that makes sense or not. What I'm really trying to get at is that sometimes the senior pastor retains complete control over all of those things, even though they have staff that are there to help. But I think that the the fingers are still always there. They're functioning like a dentist, that we're all here to help him be, or her as the senior leader, to be the best and most efficient they can. But the potential for multiplication goes away. Right. Well, I think we've... Because there's no release of, of... Roles and responsibilities. And we talk, you talk about most pastors are crazy. They're also very controlling, you know, and that's a hard thing to let go of. Hold it. What did you, yeah. you said that most senior pastors are controlling? Or a few, maybe not most. Okay. There's, there's, there's some. some there's some, for sure. Tip, it's not untypical for pastors to be controlling. So to release some of that is difficult, you know. And again, that's kind of an older model. Pastor, you need to be at every meeting. You need to be at every event. You've got to be right. there to make sure you have eyes on what's happening. Well, that's why... Families were hurting, children were rebellious, you know, whatever, because the pastor's always at the church. And so understanding that, that's not the way God wired us. You have certain gifts. Like, you know, you're an executive pastor. You're very detail-oriented. Details just bore me to tears, right? So mm. trying to do that. So that, And the way it was, well, then you need to get better at that. That's your weak spot. You need to get better at your weak spot. Right. And, you know, leadership principles now is recognize your weak spot and improve some, but that's don't focus all that. Focus on what you're good at doing and develop that to be even stronger. Find people around you that are good at what you're not so good at doing. I think you're exactly right, and I chuckled while you were talking. <laughs> I hope that didn't pick up on the mic, but the, <laughs> what I'm chuckling about is that you and I are talking about others being controlling. Let's admit yeah. that you and I both have control problems. Well, sure. I think there's an element all of that, us all do, of us, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, definitely when we have people on our staff that we tasked to do with a job, but in our mind somewhere 
because of sin, we think that we can do that job better. <laughs> right. It's hard to let go of that sometimes. It is. Or to not micromanage. Yeah. But really, that's the beauty of leading well, is seeing others become excellent at what they do, even though that they have to stumble along the way sometimes. And you coach and you help, but you got to let go. Right. And gosh, that's hard. It is. That that's, is so hard. You know, it's kind of like the head coach, right? If the offensive coordinator blows it, ultimately it's going to come back to you as the head coach. Why did you let him do that? You know, it's like, right. And so we had that same mentality and it is risky to release some of those responsibilities, but it's worth the risk, you know, and finding the right people to put them in the right positions, but it's worth risking that because you're helping that person develop and going to keep your sanity as well. Yes. Well, Hey, let's take a moment right now and go to our go, no go segment. Okay. I'll start us off today. Uh, last week, Please. you did not let me do my <laughs> lighthearted uh, go idea. Yeah. But I have a book here that I want to recommend for anyone in the nation that knows me. And I say that which you guys is, know I'm teasing about the many. nation. But, you know, in our global domination efforts of podcasting, <laughs> those that are listening that know me know I'm a huge fan and student of Winston Churchill. Yes. And so I've, I've actually read thousands of pages about Winston Churchill. And this little book is called We Shall Not Fail. Great book. Uh, it's written by Celia Sandis, who is his granddaughter. And it's kind of, if you're old enough to remember what a Reader's Digest was, do they still make those today? Reader's well, Digest? Do they, they do? Yeah. Wow. wow. I just remember Let reading the, the jokes and stuff in the back. That was my favorite part about Reader's Digest. <laughs> but this is a Reader's Digest version of the life of Winston Churchill. And just a, it's, it's a super quick read, and you get some great information in it. And so I strongly recommend you pick up this book, We Shall Not Fail by Celia Sandis. Love that. Yes. Did you read that one? I did. Okay. I did, yes. Did and you learn anything? I, too. I learned how to say Celia. 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 <laughs> if, I, if I laugh too much, I'm going to cough, so I, I'm trying I not totally to. I totally blew it before. Celia. I just couldn't get it. So I know we, we do a lot of goes. We should be more critical, but. Yes. I, I just think today as we talk about this subject, working together, the whole sticky teams, Larry Osborne, his yes. book, his even You're going to go a no-go on no, Larry Osborne's no, sticky go teams? No, I'm going to go That's what I'm saying. I, can't, I don't like to be critical, so I'm going to stay with the positive side. It's just, it is a good book. It's a very practical book. I think it's been helpful for us with our staff, and it's that same dynamic of understanding who you are and how you're gifted and working together, and that it is a team mentality, and, and I think that helps. We say often in our church, as the staff goes, so goes the church. Right. So when the staff is learning to cooperate together and play nice together, that trickles down to the congregation. Because, I mean, we, uh, we have teams in our congregation. Some churches have committees. Uh, we have a few of those, but more teams than committees. And it's that idea, why do we call it a team? Well, it's, there's different dynamics to a team than there is a committee. And part of that is learning your role to play and to play it well. So, and, and that's what we try to do as a staff. And I think it does translate down to the congregation as well. So a great book to read if you're trying to develop teams in your organization. I agree with you. That's a great resource, and carrying it to the Uber Practical is what I hope our podcast does for people. Uber. That is available on Right Now Media is a video series. Yes. Yeah. We actually watched that in our all-staff meetings. I think there's 11 sessions that we did. Yes. Uh, it's impacted our board of governance here at our own church and the way we do our teams. So strongly recommend that. That's, yeah. a, that's a great one, Ronnie. That's a go-go. All right, and now, back to the show. <laughs> All right, Ronnie, we've been talking about working together. Uh, kind of a closing thought here. I do 
want to be very personal and talk a little bit about how you and I work together, because you and I have spent a lot of time with other senior pastors and executive pastors and through all the leadership training stuff. Of course, I've been upfront and personal with a lot of it. And I think what my hope is, my genuine hope is that senior pastors and executive pastors, I think it's the most critical relationship in the church. If this does not go well, then the church is not going to go well. Right. I've seen so many times when yeah. a senior pastor and an executive pastor get crossways, and then you have a church split, or at least it's really ugly for a couple of years. I mean, it's just not good. Right. So my hope is that a senior pastor and an executive pastor can actually be friends. Yeah. And more than just colleagues, more than just boss and you know direct report, yeah. which is... Make no mistake, you are my boss. I am your direct report. Any authority that I have to execute the responsibilities you've given me is on loan from you. There's no mistaking that. Yet there is such a partnership in this. And I don't I just don't know of many other senior pastors that yeah. would allow their executive pastor what you have allowed me, which is to be who I am, to do what I do. Yeah. and to feel encouraged and supported, and for us to have really clear lines drawn in the sand of what's my area and what's your area. Yes. And yeah. go operate in those areas, yeah. right? Right. And, and I think, you know, part of that dynamic is just hanging out together, okay. finding common interests that we have, and so that, that friendship side, and to whatever level, not saying pastor executive have to be besties, but that there is a friendship that we hang out together I kind of, you know, of course we are great friends, but I know how you work and think. You know how I work and think. That is added into it. It's also, I mean, we meet regularly once a week, make sure that we're on the same page before we even get to the office. So for meetings or staff meetings, we've already talked through these things. And I think there's a dynamic there that maybe people don't consider. We have to be okay with each other saying something that came out of our meeting together that Maybe you say something I said, which was brilliant, which <laughs> happens a lot. <laughs> right. And I don't feel the need to take credit for that, right? Vice yeah. versa. So you say something and I'm in a meeting and you hear me say what you just said Monday, like, hey, wait a minute, that was my idea. You know, it's, so it really is that oh, shared. On those rare times <laughs> when you actually borrow something that I said, I cheer inside so loudly. Uh, no, I think it's, it's very, very even on that. But, but really there's that, I've got to be secure to say, I don't have to take okay. credit for ideas that come out of so that, the So that's a key thing right there. It really that is. That you are super confident, it's not number minor. one. It's not a minor You're thing. not operating out of a position of weakness. Yeah. We do get together every Monday morning. Yes. If we're in town, yes. then we're getting together before we engage with the church at large. Right. That can be anywhere from an hour and a half to three hours yeah. on every Monday morning. Yes. Something else that we do, though, that I think is unique is that we do have date nights. Not you and I, but our, you and I with our spouses. Let me clarify this. On a regular basis, the four of us get together and we yeah. go to dinner, we hang out, we have patio time, we make sure that our wives are engaged as well. Yeah, and we encourage all of our staff teams to do that same thing. Just hang out together. I mean, again, you don't have to become best friends, but just spending time. We talk a lot about the gift of hospitality and the full extent of hospitality is when I invite someone over to my house to share a meal because you're letting them inside your space. Right. And that, that only builds healthy relationships. And so we model that, and we also encourage that among our ministry teams, among our staff, to just get together and just be people. You don't have to talk church business. You can talk just about life. 
And that makes a difference. Amen. I agree with that. And, I, you know, if I could wave a magic wand, and I, I know that's so not the thing to say. Did you get one at Disney? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> we've got, we have several from Disney. This time it was, it was lightsabers. It wasn't magic oh, wands. okay. That's more manly. My hope of all hopes would be that if those listening that are in the senior pastor, executive pastor relationship out there, I would just love for you to have a sit-down conversation with your counterpart and whiteboard it and just say, hey, what are the things that I do that I love to do and that I'm good at? What are the things that you are really good at that you love to do? Where can I let go of some certain areas for you to be fully alive and where maybe there's some areas that I need to take more authority in and responsibility in. Right. But my, again, this is a neophyte experience, uh, (laughs) but I feel that those types of conversations don't happen enough. Right. I don't know if they're assumed or what's, what happens, but why don't the senior pastor, executive pastor literally get together and say, how can I help you be more effective? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that takes vulnerability it takes trust to be able to do that, but it's a much healthier model, and you can get more done by letting some of that stuff go. And I hope, you know, one of our core values as a church is that we're going to have fun together. Yeah. I genuinely want the senior pastor, executive pastor, and all of the senior leadership of a church to really enjoy their work. Yeah. And without having these kinds of conversations, yeah. I don't think it's ever really going to happen. It'll be false fun. Yeah. And, right? and, and so to echo back to a previous podcast we had about hiring staff. Right. And so it's all you senior pastors out there. If your bylaws don't allow you to choose your executive pastor, oh you need to be heavily involved in that process to make sure you get someone that's going to be compatible with you. Otherwise, it, it is going to be a contest and it's going to be a battle and the church is going to suffer because of it. Well, I'll throw out a hot sports opinion here. I don't think that anyone should ever get hired at a church without a senior <laughs> pastor's input and a, yeah. approval. I don't either. But That is crazy. Unfortunately, town. it happens. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Crazy Pastors. As always, if you have a crazy pastor story to share or you'd like us to discuss a specific topic, please email those to crazypastors at firstburleson.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.